Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I am your host, Bob Lung, and thank you for being here. Of course, the Fantasy Football Consistency Show is part of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, uh, put on by Rick Flager and Rick Briggs of Asylum Fantasy Sports. And uh, just in case you're wondering if there's any other shows on during the week, well, actually, there's one on every evening on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Monday night, we have Sports Rants with Chris Heal. Uh, Tuesday night is the Asylum Sports Show with Flieger and Briggs himself. Uh, for you fantasy baseball guys who I know are kind of winding up their season, uh, Pine Tar Talk with Ben Samuels and Mike Valverde on Wednesday night. Of course, my show here Thursday at 7. Uh, Friday night, Racing Times with Alan and Robin. Saturday is Dynasty Dudes with Russell Clay and Nathan Powell. And Sunday night is The Mad Scientist with Nick Ficarelli. So uh, once again, thanks for listening to the show and uh, for those of you uh, who are out there and would like to call in you can certainly do that by calling in to uh, the guest line which is 646-478-4679 once again that's 646-478-4679 and you can call in and we'll take your calls answer your questions uh, and uh, we also have a little chat thing. If you happen to be at the link or if you, haven't, you need to get to the link, you can just go to my Twitter feed at Bob underscore Lung. And you can find the uh, uh, Twitter feed there um, or the, yeah, the Twitter feed that uh, will have the link to the Blog Talk Radio site. You can also post your questions, chat, uh, make comments, uh, call me an idiot. doesn't matter, whatever you want to do. But uh, tonight I have a special guest host and I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, his name is Jeff Crisco. He is from the uh, Fantasy Sports Warehouse, as is I. And uh, Jeff basically is our expert on the San Francisco 49ers, and we're going to talk to him about that. And he also does a great waiver wire piece of people who might be out there and why you should pick them up. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, Bob. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, very happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, Jeff, uh, now tell people so that they can kind of follow you early. Uh, give them your Twitter handle uh, so they can um, follow you on Twitter and any other good information, your email at Fantasy Sports Warehouse and that kind of stuff. So if they want to send you questions while we're talking, they can do that as well. Uh, sure. Uh, my Twitter is uh, it's J.M. Crisco, but Crisco isn't spelled like you would think it is. It's uh, going to be right. J.M.K.R.I. S-K-O. So if you go looking for C's, you're going to find oil and nothing else. Yeah, basically it's Crisco uh, with K's instead of C's. That's pretty much how I get it. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> if, right. Yeah, if, if you're uh, thinking. I was going to say an email address is the same at Gmail if uh, people want to shoot, shoot me emails. Right. So, uh, Jeff, um, as we mentioned, you're our, our resident 49er expert. And, uh, you know, I... I, I know that I'm one of uh, many, many owners out there who probably have a combination thereof of uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, Carlos Hyde, uh, Anquan Bolden, and Torrey Smith. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully nobody has drafted and went as far as actually taking Vernon Davis. I know I haven't drafted him in years. Um, I know every year there's somebody, some expert out there who swears this is the year Vernon Davis uh, should be a, a machine and – um, he always fails to do that. So we won't even bring him up unless you, you feel you have to. Uh, but let's talk about the other guys. Let's start with Mr. Number One in week one, Carlos Hyde. He comes out basically out of, out of preseason, didn't do much in preseason, 
Um, everybody kind of lost hope in the 49ers. I know Hyde was a late end of year pick him up for your dynasty league and keeper leagues because he's going to take over because Frank Gore will be gone. And, oh, you know, Hale, if you're, especially if you're an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, you know, this guy's the second coming of Archie Griffin, um, which basically has been so far. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, after week one, he kind of disappeared. What has happened to Carlos Hyde? And, and will he get back in the offense? Or is the defense so bad that they just are always playing from behind and Carlos Hyde is just, going to be you know maybe a one week every once in a while one week wonder um if they just happen to play a team that they get a big lead on and hold a big lead uh what 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 are your thoughts on carlos Hyde going forward well i think you hit the nail on the head there where carlos Hyde is only going to be a viable option for you um in games where the 49ers are set to have a big lead which if everybody saw uh, against the Steelers and against the uh, Cardinals, that's going to be a few and far between for you. Um, <laughs> right. He's actually running pretty well when he does run uh, the Steelers game, notwithstanding because um, he took a pretty nasty hit um, after his first handful of carries um, in the Steelers game from uh, Steelers safety, Mike Mitchell. Uh, he was mm-hmm. on the sideline for a bit and he didn't run very well after that. Um, he was looking a lot slower, more tentative. You could tell his knee was really bothering him. Um, and then he went out with the, with the head injury that they ended up clearing him for the concussion. And then last week it was just pure, you know, game script. Kaepernick throws two interceptions within the first five plays. 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the game was over before, he, before it even started. And, um, yeah. They tried to run it with him, but, um, you know, at that point, the Cardinals knew that with their talented secondary, they could still stack the box and still pick off Kaepernick. So yeah. he wasn't, <laughs> they pretty much had um, their number and Tyron Matthew went as far as to say that they exactly had their number. They knew exactly what the 49ers were going to be doing because their play calling was so simplified um, last week. So, I would try to see what Hyde does this week. If he has a decent game, um, there's a but, but the run problem we have though is the fact that they're playing Green Bay. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say that's an unlikely prospect, especially since Reggie Bush is set to come back. He's set to be the passing downs back. So right. a lot of things are stacking up against Carlos Hyde to be a week to week option for you, um, at least until we get deeper into the bye weeks. But I wouldn't drop him. I would maybe start shopping him around, see what you can get right. for him. Because you brought up an interesting name, though, that I kind of forgot about. I drafted him actually in quite a few leagues, had him on my bench. Some of them I didn't have a very deep bench, and I've already kind of uh, moved him along. Uh, but Reggie Bush, um, mm-hmm. I, I really thought he would be a, a big player in, that, in, in the 49ers offense because of the fact that they would be behind and need to throw. But as always, Reggie Bush is made of glass, and – so yeah. he's hurt the first few weeks. Now he's coming back, you said, this week. Um, if he stays healthy, do you, I kind of believe that he's really a good PPR pickup. Um, and I don't know if you dressed him in the waiver wires, but I got to think he might be sitting out there on a lot of waiver wires of people who gave up on him. Um, think he'd be a good pickup in most PPR leagues? Um, maybe not yet. I think, um, once we, like I said, once we get deeper into the bye weeks in the PPR leagues, I think, um, he will be a good option for you as like a flex play sort of thing. The only thing, the only issue with using Reggie Bush is the 49ers offense has become so anemic that you can't really bet on him scoring a touchdown. Um, and I was thinking more of the getting five or six catches for 50 yards, which gets you 10 points, which is not bad for a flex guy. 
Exactly. And, and, you know, once, like I said, once we get deep into the bye weeks, you know, that's, that's pretty good. You're looking for him to yeah. not kill you. He'll have a decent floor with the, with the PPR catches. Um, right. And actually he, the, in the few off opportunities he got week one against uh, Minnesota, he was looking very good, very fast, um, very quick right. for the handful of touches he did get. So I like him. I think he'll add a little bit of an option to the offense, but he's not going to save your fantasy season. No, no. And like I said, I mean, I was, I'm thinking basically at this point, when you're looking at waiver wire players for the rest of the season, you're looking for guys that can you can kind of count on to, I well, in my system, kind of earn a quality game. And that's 10 points mm-hmm. or more in a PPR format. And I got to think that, you know, if you need a flex guy or if you need a running back, too, because your star's out uh, or your second guy's out, um, getting 10 points out of your running back doesn't necessarily suck. Um, and I think he can get that as long as he stays healthy in, in the games, which, again, <laughs> is never going to be counted on. So, yeah, Green Bay this week. But they, they do go to the Giants week five. I got to believe that Giants defense isn't very strong. That might be a good week for them to uh, for maybe hide Bush and the whole offense to kind of kick in. But then they got Baltimore and Seattle and St. Louis in a row. Uh, not not going to be fun for most 49ers for a while um, from a fantasy standpoint. So, like you said, Maybe a good time, especially if Hyde has a decent week this week, try to shop him before he gets ugly, or especially after the Giants game if he has a big week. So, um, so uh, yeah, so that's, that's looking that way. Let's talk about the passing offense. So Kaepernick, not a good week last week. We know the interceptions, but they were still so far behind. You would think you would have picked up some good garbage yards um, and touchdowns to, to make it respectable. Um, but he ended up with only 10 points, I think, for the week. Um, so, you know, again, now they go, you know, they're home. They have Green Bay, though. Um, Green Bay's defense isn't that great, but it's not bad. Obviously, they had a really good night uh, against Kansas City for a while until the running game, and Jamal Charles kind of kicked in there in Kansas City. But I think Smith threw two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So I got to believe that maybe there's some hope for the 49ers at home this week with Green Bay. Um, but what are your thoughts on Kaepernick and Torrey Smith and, and Anquan Bolden going forward? Well, for the passing game, I am losing a lot of faith in it after what happened last week. But it sounds like it's a divisional opponent, very tough game. Um, I wouldn't expect, obviously, four interceptions a week. I would expect more what we saw from the Steelers game where Kaepernick turned it on in garbage time, um, got you over right. 300 yards, got you a couple touchdowns. But actually what I really think um, – for Kaepernick this week, it's going to be the ground game. Um, he, um, if we remember the NFC uh, playoffs a couple of years ago, I mean, that Packers defense is still trying to catch up to him on that run to the, to the oh, end. Oh yeah. Zone. Right. Uh, and Dom Caper, he's had Don Caper's numbers for years. So um, for Kaepernick, he'll have a decent, I think floor between the rushing yards he'll get and the, um, the garbage time yards. The only questions will be the touchdowns. Um, the Green Bay defense isn't very opportunistic, um, not like the um, the Cardinals defense, so I would expect um, a bounce back for the interceptions. Um, but as for Torrey Smith and Anquan Bolden, there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunity there until that garbage time kicks in because um, – very methodical moving down the field is sort of how the Packers like to do it. They just boom, 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 move down the field and Aaron Rodgers getting you offsides, getting the flags, getting the chunk plays, just moving down right. the field methodically. You're not going to have a lot of opportunity until uh, the garbage time. So I would not be starting Torrey Smith 
right now, unless I was very desperate. I mean, I'm talking, you're the, right. the owner and the, you were the Jordy Nelson owner and you know, you're, you're running out of uh wide receiver options. Um, right, right, right. I think he, he just doesn't get the targets um, to be a viable yeah. option for you um, in your big player touchdown only leagues. I mean, that's what he's good for. So maybe, um, if it's a deeper league, um, as for Anquan Bolden, I have faith that Bolden is, um, he'll be there. Mr. Reliable get you. You were talking about the five for 50. Usually right, week yeah. in, week out if, um, Kaepernick's not throwing four interceptions. So he's, I always say he's a solid wide receiver three or, or flex in uh PPR leagues. Um, he won't hurt you. He'll get you a handful of touchdowns every year, but he's not going to get you, um, goose eggs very often. Okay. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we know what to expect out of the 49ers. I think you've confirmed a lot of everybody's thoughts. Uh, the future isn't bright, but, you know, again, um, there's always those weeks that you kind of think, well, you know, this may be a good week to start them because of the defense or the offense are going against. Again, getting behind early, um, like a Green Bay, um, where there might be the chance to put up some garbage numbers, just like the Chiefs did um mm-hmm. this past thursday so um all right so let's shift gears a little bit uh, i know you you uh write a uh, an excellent article on fantasy sports warehouse uh helping out folks on the way with the waiver wire so let's kind of i'll let you tell you tell everybody who you're going to be talking about this week um and then i'll kind of chime in with my consistency data to kind of say yeah okay i i see you're going with that so why don't you start with your quarterbacks that you're looking at that might uh, especially if you have Tom Brady, um, since New England is on a bye this week. Um, I can't imagine um, a lot of people are starting Marcus Mariota every week, even though he is three for three in quality games. But he's also off this week. So there's only two buys, so it's not life or death. But Tom Brady's certainly a big buy that somebody's going to have to replace. Anybody out there you think that uh, you might be able to pick up that may be worthwhile to most leagues? Uh, yeah, and um, with the pieces that I look at, just a quick intro, it's after waivers run. Um, everybody puts out, you know, r- runs their waivers for on Tuesday. Um, I take a look at what's left out there, you know, sort of. I call it the best. Okay, the so this is uh, after waivers are ran. This so is we're, after This waivers. is not going into the week. This is after the big guys have been taken. So Thomas Rolls is gone. Um, some of these other guys are gone. So now we're – this is kind of like sloppy seconds. So, <laughs> um, so who you got a quarterback that might still be sitting out there? He was sitting at 48%. Um, I looked at it again this morning. He's actually graduated from this club. He's at 55%. So he's he's still out there in a lot of leagues, um, almost half. Uh, these are off of Yahoo ownership percentages. Um, he's yeah, taking on a – To interrupt you, but you broke up when you were saying the name. Who are you talking oh, about? Sorry. <laughs> Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr. Okay. Okay, as, got as it. As a 49ers fan, it, it pains me to – to recommend a Raider, but it's what I'm going to have to do. No, that's fine. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. He did graduate from this club, um, much like Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor, who are sort of the faces of this club, have already graduated. Um, They're playing Chicago, and Chicago sold off two of their defensive players this week. They're sort of Mm -hmm. packing it in for the season. And um, Carr has chipped in um, 300 passing yards uh, the last two games. He's got five touchdowns to one interception again in the last two two games. 
and um, I don't really see him slowing down. Um, he's uh, one of the two quarterbacks that I was uh, looking at this week. Can't argue with uh, Derek Carr. I mean, uh, on my list, he's 13th in total points for the year. That's with four points per passing touchdown. Uh, and two out of three in quality games. So, yeah, he's sitting right there at 67%. He's tied with Roethlisberger, Rivers, Tannehill, uh, Andrew Luck, uh, Peyton Manning. So, yeah, I, I certainly have no problem. Uh, I wish that Derek Carr was available in some of my leagues, um, uh, especially in the leagues that uh, I, I've had um, uh, not, uh, Drew Brees in and, and some of those guys. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice. But uh, that, I think that's a great pick. If he's available, everybody should be picking him up. I think he's going to continue to be consistent. Uh, you know, yeah, he played the Browns, but you know what? You know, it, he still has good weapons. Amari Cooper and him are continuing to gel. Michael Crabtree's been a nice find for him. Latavius Murray out of the backfield is keeping defenses honest. So I, I like Carr a lot. I think that's a great pick. And uh, thank you. And um, the second quarterback, this is more of a deep dive. Um, this guy's available in 13, or sorry, available in 87% of leagues. It's um, Blake Bortles. Now, Blake Bortles um, is sort of a desperation play, I think, um, because he's entirely dependent on the flow of the game, on what's going to happen. Um, they're going up against Indy, and he's trying to get right. Um, Andrew Lux had some difficulties this year, but they only have one quality corner, Vontae Davis, and he's banged up. Um, everybody else on their in their secondary is a bit questionable. Um, Bortles has put up um, just about – he put up 242 last week, but um, before that, 273 yards. And he's got four touchdowns, one interception in the last couple of weeks. He's a lot like a more gunslingy Alex Smith in that he's not going to give you a big game, but he's not as likely to blow your week for you, um, in my opinion. And, and here's an interesting uh, case in point. Blake Boulder, Boulder, yeah, Blake Bortles in total points so far this year is only four tenths of a point behind Derek Carr. He's actually fourteenth ah. place, and he's also two out of three in quality games. So believe it or not, Blake Bortles has consistency finally. Now, will it continue? You bring up an excellent point. A lot of it's going to be depending on you know the flow of the game, um, you know the, how the running game's working. Um, yeah, playing Indy, who's right now struggling tremendously. The defense is not strong at all, um, but the offense is still there. In Jacksonville, you know, defense isn't very good either. I kind of feel like this could be a good shootout, and Bortles certainly could be the recipient of it. Uh, I certainly uh, couldn't agree more with this is a great week. Uh, if, if you have Tom Brady and you need a, uh, somebody off your waiver wire and Bortles is the only guy you can get, not necessarily a bad thing this week. So, yeah, two great calls there, Jeff. So, all right, so I think that's all you're doing, right, is two for quarterbacks. So let's let's move to the running backs and who you got uh, possibly sitting out there uh, on the waiver wire. So possibly the first one is um, he's sitting out there in a lot of leagues because he is ha- a timeshare right now, and it is potentially that um, he'll lose his job this week, and that's Alfred Blue um, in Houston. There are reports that – um, Arian Foster might be making his way back. Um, and if he does, obviously he's going to cut into Alfred Blue's carries. But there was this Alfred Blue, Chris Polk, Jonathan Grimes sort of committee in the first few weeks of the season that uh, last week Blue vaulted himself to the front of it. Personally, I think that even if Foster's back, um, their bye week is coming up. They're going to they're gonna ease him back in because um, if there's a player that's more – 
um, productive when he's healthy, but the question is if he's healthy, I don't think he's, there's one out there other than Arian Foster. So they're going to be very careful easing him back in. Um, and he may not even play this week. Uh, they uh, play an Atlanta team who uh, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, the name of the game is going to be keep them off the field, keep the offense right. off the field. So they're going to grind it. They're going to run it, which means less of Polk, who's their uh, sort of uh, passing back, less um, Jonathan Grimes, who's a change of pacer. I think it's going to be a lot of Alfred, Alfred Blue um, this week, even if Foster is, is available. Right. No, and, and like you said, you know, he's he's certainly in, a, in quite a committee there. And, um, you know, numbers-wise, you know, really isn't up there in most. He's ranked 35th in total points one for three in quality games, but it's really not his fault. It's just the fact that they're sharing the, the, you know, sharing a lot of the carries, a lot of the touches around. Um, Like you said, it depends on Arian Foster. Uh, You know, this may not be the right week for them to bring him back. You know, next week they're going to be playing at home against Indy, which would be a softer defense. I could see them. I mean, their, their bye week isn't until week nine. So I don't know if they're going to wait that long for him, but you know, I, they play Indy next week. They play Jacksonville the week after, the Dolphins a week after that, and then Tennessee. So they got a pretty easy schedule defensively. Um, so whether they do it, you know, ease Arian in slowly and, you know, maybe give him 10 touches this game and see how he does and see how he feels um, and then, you know, start increasing that over time, then he'll have a whole week to rest in week nine. And then mm-hmm. they have Cincinnati, the Jets, New New, uh, New Orleans, Buffalo, New England. So, you know, defenses get a little bit tougher there, but by then we assume Foster will be 100%. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, Alfred Blue can can have good games. He had one this past week, am I right? Isn't this past week when he had a good one? Yeah. Yeah, he had fourteen. Yeah. yeah, he had 14 points, or he was ranked 14th in total points with nine, almost 20 points. So that's pretty impressive in a PPR format. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they're going to keep using him as long as he keeps running well. So, yeah. And Who else I, you just, got? I, I, uh, I just want to, I misspoke there. They have the sort of mini buy where they play on Thursday and then they have the 10 games off. I, not their uh, buy. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I, I misspoke you. there where they get the 10 games off, 10 days off there, the sort of mini buy after the short week. Um, gotcha. Yeah, the uh, the next one, um, you mentioned him early in the show, and not as many people picked him up as I would have thought, um, and that's um, Thomas Rawls, uh, the running back for the uh, Seahawks. Um, area, um, Marshawn Lynch, they said today, is 50-50 to play on Monday. He is definitely right. a gamble play if you do use him. Um, the running backs, because so many end up rostered, there, there are a lot of gambles or a lot of contingency plays with these um, less than 50%. Um, running backs. Um, they're not right. very pretty. So if you do end up running with Rawls, I would also see if um, maybe Theo Riddick is out there um, mm-hmm. for the Lions in case Marshawn Lynch does play. But I do like Rawls a lot better than Theo Riddick, so he did get the nod. Um, he played great um, in spelling Lynch last week and um, getting that opportunity again. Um, he should put up a, a good number of fantasy points for you against a leaky uh, Lions defense. Right. I'll, I'll speak up in behalf of Theo Riddick, not that, uh, and again, you mentioned him and, you know, if you, if you knew Rolls was a hundred percent going to start, but you know what, Theo Riddick, actually, believe it or not, PPR format, he is ranked 19th in total points, actually tied for 18th with LaShawn McCoy and hey. two out of three in quality games. So if Theo Riddick's sitting out there, folks, he's not necessarily a bad guy to pick up. 
you know, their their offense is kind of all over the place anyway. Jokey Bell's not running that great. You know, all of a sudden Amir Abdullah is human again. Um, you know, so uh, you know may not be a bad again, especially in a PPR format. Um, Lions defense not very good. Uh, give up a lot of points. Um, again, they're playing at Seattle, so. Um, I have a feeling theoretic might be used more than you think. Um, may not be a bad guy to add to your list uh, if if he is available out there in your waiver wire. Oh yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. I like theoretic as a player. I think he's going to take over for Bell because Bell I think is averaging one yard a carry. Um, right. But it's that simply a matchup. I don't know about you, but there are a few places in the NFL I'd want my team going than Monday night um, in Seattle. In Seattle, um, going to be a rough go. <laughs> Right. Well, that's why I think Theo may have a decent shot because my thought is Matthew Stafford's going to be running for his life looking for that short out to a running back or tight end so uh, to yeah. save his life. But uh, but then again, Seattle's defense has been actually kind of average so far this year. They haven't been the Seattle defense we know and love. Now, granted, they were against Chicago, but then I think most high schools would be good against Chicago right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that a lot of that, they got Cam chancellor back into the fold and i think they're ready to to quiet a lot of doubters they're they're one of the few teams that i think gets um really high and really low because of you know Pete carroll who's run he runs that kind of operation where they'll they'll want to quote unquote silence the the doubters yeah now i hear you um do you have any more or you only just have two running backs um, I have three. The third is a PPR play only, and that's um, okay. and that's uh, Lance Dunbar. Um, okay. For, no, that's yeah, a good call. For the for the Cowboys, they're playing New Orleans um, on Sunday night, which I don't know if McCown versus Whedon was really what NBC was looking for <laughs> um, with that with that matchup when they scheduled. Verizon's it. very happy about it. Yeah, Verizon's loving it. Um, <laughs> but they're becoming a he's become sort of a de facto. Uh, sort of wide receiver for them, sort of a Darren Sproles-ish type of player right. um, with Dez going down and their other receiving options not being all that that great. So in a PPR league, he's a he's a decent play. He's out there in 70% of Yahoo leagues. So, Is again, he really? Yeah. Wow. That was, I'm surprised. And that's amazing. Are, let, me, let me give you the numbers to support why you should pick him up out there, folks, if you're part of that 70%. He is actually ranked 12th in total points in a PPR format through the first Three weeks. He is two out of three in quality games, so he is basically running right now at an RB1 format, and he's sitting out there at 70% of the leagues not being picked up after this week. Folks, you need to go get him now. I don't care where you stash him, but yeah. <laughs> you find, need to stash him for the bye weeks yeah. coming up. Yeah, he's going to be a bye week savior for you. In, um, in a, Now, the problem you have yeah. is that they have a bye week in week six, but you know, but they're playing, like you said, at New Orleans, and then they're playing New England at home. Um, so they're going to need every every hand on deck when the Patriots come to town. So, um, but yeah, no, I, that'd be a great pickup. I, I folks, if there's if you got him available in your league, you better go get him. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, he's he's not. I'm in one of those. All of my leagues are those thirty percent of leagues where he's not available. So <laughs> to say, I don't think he's available in any of my leagues either. Yeah, if he's if he is out there, go grab him because he'll. Uh, see, I grabbed him off the waiver wire in a lot of leagues last week, mm-hmm. and then just have him on my bench. In fact, I think I played him last week in a couple of leagues um, because I have. Um, oh shoot, who did I have that got hurt? Um, I don't remember now, um, but 
yeah, I, you know, he he helped me out quite a bit. So yeah, he um, was he was in the column last week. There's some players that are just weekly, way too underowned. Um, I right. had like Andy Dalton and um, Tyrod Taylor. I was just people pick these pick these players up. They're gonna be they're gonna be good, and um, they both of them graduated this week. And I think Lance Dunbar. Um, he'll be graduating from this soon as well. So it's sort of a constant yeah. process of, right, of right. People, people getting back up with the curve of what's going on. Right. Well, then, and the whole reason I do this consistency stuff is to find these kind of people, not only for myself, but to share with others, because not a lot of people probably are sitting at home thinking that Lance Dunbar is right now 12th in total points in a PPR format. Because mm-hmm. he hasn't been that big you know, he hasn't had that Deion Lewis game or Carlos Williams game where it was just huge and, and he just jumps out at everybody. But he's had, you know, two out of three very solid games, you know, again, earning more than 10 points in two out of the three. Um, you know, he's, but he's 12th in total points. He's got 43 points. So, you know, that that's basically averaging about, mm, you know, what, six, mm, 14, 14 points a game. Um, so, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he's sitting out there available, but again, a lot of those guys don't jump out if they're not that huge boom, um, that you'd see, you know, showing up, uh, on fantasy uh, sites all over the place. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Carlos Williams, the same way, Carlos Williams is 14th in total points, but he's actually three for three in quality games. Now he's getting a lot of love because McCoy's situation and and whether or not he's going to be healthy or stay healthy. Um, you know, Giovanni Bernard, believe it or not, is 13th in total points, but he's three for three in quality games because that's, that's what they use him for. He's, he's there, he's their back. Um, so, you know, again, surprising, you know, when you look at the, there's only right now one, one, two, three, six perfectly consistent guys at running back so far through this year in a PPR format. Jamal Charles is number one. Um, and this is in percentage, so 100% perfect um, in quality games. Deion Lewis, Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Giovanni Bernard, and Carlos Williams. Now, how many of those guys did you draft in the first round? <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, just the one, just Jamal. One. Jamal Charles. That's it. Yep. Now, Le'Veon Bell, of course, missed the first two games. He's a perfect one-for-one one in quality games, but, you know. But, you know, Adrian Peterson's two for three. Uh, Forte's two for three. LaShawn McCoy's two for three. Um, you know, of course, God forbid, you know, um, <laughs> who's the guy I want to smack around? Um, DeMarco Murray's two for two because he missed a game. But, again, he's already starting to hurt. So how long before he, you know, can be productive? But, you know, Eddie Lacy's two for three. He's 27th in total points because of his injury. So, you know, like I said, it's really, really difficult for people to understand that, you know, when you pick a first-round pick, you really want a guy that you can count on, both in health and and in consistency. Um, I can't tell you how many leagues I was in that if I had anywhere after the number five pick, I picked Antonio Brown. I I didn't even care what running backs were available. I picked Antonio Brown. Because I, mean, he's I can count on him. He doesn't get hurt. He's been perfect, perfectly consistent for 35 straight games, two, over yeah. two plus years. 
Yeah, that so. that's the streak that's going to be talked about till it's broken. Now that a Chiefs wide receiver has caught a touchdown, I mean, yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> that five yeah, for fifty every week is incredible. And and I yeah. have a I, I have a league I play in where if you if you have an inconsistent player, um, it's really going to kill you just because of the way the scoring set up. And um, mm. I I was angling Antonio Brown number one overall because uh, it's a PPR. It's actually a one and a half PPR, so oh, wow. um, number one with a with a bullet. Um, so yeah. I was I'm right there with you with Antonio Brown. That consistency is huge for him. Right, right. But like I said, surprisingly, who's sitting at the top of of perfection at uh, at wide receiver or I'm sorry at running back? Um, I forgot to mention at quarterback. Here are the top consistent only guys that are 100 percent: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. No surprise. Carson Palmer may be a surprise to many people. Wasn't a surprise to me. When he's healthy, he's very consistent. But here's the three that may surprise. Well, I'll even throw in Matt Ryan's probably not a big surprise. Um, no, he's Mr. Consistent. He's always like yeah. QB six, Well, last seven, year eight. he wasn't. And that was what was disappointing to me. Was last year he was only like 56%. And, and I was really down on that. In fact, I would had a trouble – wanting to pick him this year, but he fell so late in so many drafts, I really couldn't help not to. So, so far I'm benefiting from that. And I also have Carson Palmer in most leagues, but I've drafted him as a backup. Um, in fact, I've benched Peyton Manning in two of my leagues already for Carson Palmer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Imagine, imagine telling yourself that in June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the two that are the probably bigger surprises. One is Andy Dalton. Now, I know a couple years ago he had a pretty consistent year, but then, you know, he fell off the face of the earth last year and just was nothing like he was in 2013. Coming back strong so far, all his weapons are healthy. I'm not sure the consistency is going to stay perfect, but he's definitely the quarterback he was a couple years ago. But the biggest surprise of all of them is Marcus Mariota being three for three in quality games. That just surprises me that any rookie, I don't care who you play for, I mean, he really doesn't have any big weapons. It's not like Marcus Mariota went to take over, you know, Green Bay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's throwing to a bunch of has-beens, and yet he's three for three, and he's seventh in total points. So um, there's your perfect uh, quarterback so far. So anyway, surprising. All right, so let's head to the wide receiver world. Uh, Let's talk about some of the guys you uh, are looking at as potential waiver wire pickups. All right, so um, we talked about um, Oakland going to Chicago um, this week, uh, This week, and uh, Derek Carr is going to pick on the Chicago defense. Um, Michael Crabtree is still out there in 52% of leagues. Um, he, I think, after this week is going to graduate um, from this club as well. Uh, he's been remarkably um, high in targets every week. He's had uh, he had eight, sixteen, and nine. Um, that's a lot of targets for a wide receiver, especially um, Randall Cobb, for example, is averaging about eight, eight and a half um, so far. So um, if you look at that, Crabtree's getting a lot of opportunities, a lot of targets. He has great hands. He's a great route runner, and that's why he's getting all the targets um, that Amari Cooper isn't getting um, because Cooper's getting the number one um, cornerback, and Crabtree's over on the other side and he's become uh Derek Carr's sort of safety valve release valve. That's why he's getting so many targets. So especially in a PPR, um, I don't know how Crabtree is owned in so few leagues. I think uh, there's still the stink of what happened last year where he wasn't, he was right. a bust. Uh, I think right. that's still over him, but if he's out there for free, go grab him. Um, I think he'll, be you know, it, 
I've been kind of in agreement with you for most of these. Crowdtree, though, I'm surprised with that many targets that he still is 28th in total points in a PPR format and one for three in quality games. I mean, with that kind of targets, and you mentioned Randall Cobb, who has averages eight a game, which is even less than Crabtree, and yet he's seventh in total points and three for three in quality games. wonder why Crabtree is so inconsistent. Is he not? I mean, again, we know because he's targeted doesn't mean he's getting perfect passes thrown to him. Yeah. Is he having a lot of drops? Is is I mean, do you, I haven't watched many of the Raiders game. I watched the Cleveland Raiders game, and I vomited at the end of the half because I'm a <laughs> Cleveland fan. Or oh. I try to be a Cleveland fan. I live in this area. I live in Canton, Ohio, so I have to be. Oh, okay. um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate your sympathy. Um, so I was watching that, and I, I thought Crabtree looked good in the game too. Um, but um, I think what was surprising to me was the fact that at the end of the day, um, you know, he didn't earn a quality game. Um, in fact, Seth Roberts did. Um, Amari Cooper had 21 points, unless I'm missing him on this list, but in the top 43 guys who weren't a quality game, which is basically over 11 points for wide receivers, I don't see Crabtree's name. I see Seth Roberts. No, he didn't, and he I didn't see make Amari it. Cooper. Yeah, he, um, he only caught four of his targets, um, and he only had 36 yards, so it was sort of a um, – okay. Not not a great game for him. Um, this is a lot of this is on the back of he did his game against Baltimore, the shootout. Um, mm-hmm. I'm expecting something more like that um, than last week against Cleveland because um, Cleveland has a good passing defense. I mean, um, so mm. that's well <laughs> better than Baltimore. Better than Baltimore. Okay, better well better in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping also- that Michael Vick. I'm hoping Baltimore stays bad tonight so Michael Vick can keep throwing to Antonio Brown. Yeah. Well, you also have to realize uh, you're talking to a guy who's watching my, my, uh, our cornerbacks, three of them were drafted on day three, um, in the last couple of years. So, uh, the 49ers secondary is, is pretty suspect. So anything's looking better yeah. than that right now. Yeah. That's, but, good. that's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's, it, it's skewed, but, um, he's, he, it, it's the quality of targets to answer your question. Um, right, everything right, he's right. getting, he hasn't, he hasn't lost his hands. He has some of the the best hands out there and that's why he was drafted so high um his uh uh willingness to work has always been in question but he's Mm -hmm. he's on a one-year contract to sort of prove a prove it deal and um, the quality of targets from Carr, they're they're not always great like i said he's he's become the de facto release the de facto i agree with you though if you're looking to pick up somebody this week yeah, um, Crabtree in Chicago is a great pickup. There, there's no, I'm not arguing with that standpoint. I'm just surprised by the amount of targets you talked about and yet how inconsistent he's been so far. So that scares me a little bit. But I agree mm-hmm. with you this week that man, going against Chicago, I can, I can, I can catch passes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to catch passes when you're standing all by yourself. So yeah, exactly. Um, Nobody's guarding. Yeah. Them. All right, who's your other uh, wide receiver? Um, I've got um, Marvin Jones, who again, like Crabtree, I'm surprised isn't. Um, I am owned. too. Hell, I drafted yeah, Marvin drafted. Jones in most leagues. I know. He, he, I love Marvin Jones. Yeah, last time we saw him, he was uh, a monster. I think he had 13 touchdowns in thir- 2013, and yeah. he had a foot injury in, in last year, and everybody forgot about Marvin Jones. And mm-hmm. um, coming into this season, he was an easy guy to to 
uh, Fluck at the end of your draft. Um, yeah, I have like them on most of my most of my leagues. Yeah, I have them in a ton of leagues too, and I'm going up against um, the Kansas City defense. That um, they're down a couple corner cornerbacks, right. and um, I think that Andy Dalton will continue his uh, his streak of playing well right until we get uh, bad Andy on a primetime game or um, right. a divisional game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he'll continue to roll. I think the Cincinnati offense is a good one to keep betting on. And um, I think uh, Marvin Jones is uh, a good bet as any as he's available in uh, 56. Right. Well, and you got to believe that Kansas City is going to be like, okay, who are we going to let beat us? Are we going to be like Baltimore and let A.J. Green go crazy on us? Or are we going to double team him and see if Marvin Jones beats us? So that's, exactly. that's usually the way I look at things, too, is, you know, usually after a guy has a huge week, the, the team against him the next week is going to be like, okay, we're not going to get beat by him in 200 yards. We'll, we'll double team him or lean a safety that way. And, you know, then if Marvin Jones or Tyler Eifert or somebody like that beats us well, then so be it. But <laughs> so be it, yeah. yeah, and I also think um, I like uh, Derek Johnson in coverage. I think he'll end up covering Tyler Eifert. So I think our red zone opportunities with what you're saying, they're going to roll the safety over to A.J. Green, they're going to get Derek Johnson on Eifert, and they'll leave uh, Marvin Jones as, as the option, or Geo. Um, but I like Marvin yeah, Jones. Right. I just catch some passes this week. I don't know. And that's all you have on your list at this point, right? Well, I have two deep dives. Um, they're just okay. uh, real quick. Go ahead. Uh, two deep dives of the in 80% of leagues or more. Devontae Parker, he was a hot uh, sleeper in the preseason. He hasn't done much. Right. He's been dropped in a lot of leagues. Um, but his targets have been ramping up. And um, they're, with the game against the Jets, they have a really good secondary. This one's a Hail Mary desperation play because um, they're going to lock down Jarvis Landry. Um, they're going to potentially um, have to turn to Devontae Parker um, or Rashard Matthews, but Rashard Matthews was too high owned for this club. So he's a desperation. I was going to say. Yeah. The other one is yeah. Alan Hearns, because if you think Blake Bortles is going to do well, Alan Hearns is going to have to do something. The indie secondary suspect, like we said, with Blake Bortles. And um, if they do have one good cornerback, it is going to be Vontae Davis. He is going to shadow um, Alan Robinson. And Alan Hearns has actually um, been a good option, um, especially in uh, Daily Fantasy, where he's dirt cheap um, over the last couple of weeks. He won me some money right. uh, last week. And believe it or not, he's also three for three in quality games. He's only 33rd in total points, so he's got 36.8, but he's averaging perfectly about 12 a week, which earns him a quality game every week because he only have to get over about 10.8. So, yeah, Alan Hearns has been Mr. Consistency this far, not big points, and that's probably why he's sitting out there in, in many of the leagues uh, available, but a great pickup, um, again, especially this week with Bortles. But, uh, so going back to the perfect – wide receivers, a lot of them out there so far. And it always starts off pretty high because, again, PPR format. And we know the, the obvious is one, two, three, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown, uh, Julian Edelman, Randall Cobb, A.J. Green. Um, those, no surprise to anybody. Demarius Thomas, not a surprise. Emmanuel Sanders, not a surprise. Um, but here's some guys who are perfect three for three that may be surprising. Brandon Marshall. I don't think anybody expected Brandon Marshall to be playing for the Jets after three weeks. Um, but he's got a good quarterback, a very solid, capable quarterback, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that's why he's doing better than expected, because if Geno Smith was there, I don't think we'd see those kind of numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so surprisingly, he's in the top ten. 
Uh, Travis Benjamin from the Browns, the only highlight that we have every week uh, is Travis Benjamin. Um, Dante Moncrief is the lone Colt perfect, not T.Y. Hilton, not Andre Johnson, Dante Moncrief. Uh, Jordan Matthews for the Eagles, Jarvis Landry for the Dolphins, um, Alan Hearns, as I mentioned, and surprisingly, Pierre Garçon uh, is perfect three for three quality game. So some surprise names, um, you know, that are there, but, uh, you know, um, like I said, um, interesting enough, that's that's where that. I mean, Odell Beckham's two for three, Calvin Johnson's two for three, T.Y. Hilton's two for three. So, you know, the big names are close. They've only missed one game. Doesn't isn't awful, but um, but again, surprises some of the perfects that are in there. Um, I, I was wondering how what percentage Richard Matthews and Benjamin was being um, picked up back because heck, Benjamin was still available for me in week three when I was looking to pick up guys. So. Yeah, I think it's just some of the Travis Benjamin was just the uh, the, the Browns, the Browns. Yeah, the, the Browns exactly. of it all. You know, they, they yeah. people can't trust what's going on there, even if he's he's been nothing but productive. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, he's he's up to seventy percent in Yahoo now, so he's getting a little yeah, bit of respect. Yeah, I figured I he's probably getting other, there. Yeah, those other thirty percent of leagues are doing. Um, he should he should be owned. I mean. He's he's all there yeah. in the passing game there really. Right. So. And also if if you get any points at all for kickoff returns, punt returns, that kind of stuff for the player themselves, man, he's definitely golden as well. Um that I have him in a, a league that you get like twelve points for a touchdown and a return touchdown. So believe it or not, I start him and Tyler Lockett. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I and I'm two and one and it doesn't because it's it's touchdown only. So there's no oh. PPR, there's no nothing. It's just if you don't score, you don't get any points. But if you score anything over 50 points, it's 12 points. And touchdowns are only six normally, so you get double. And so, like, Tyler Lockett, I, I think, literally might be leading wide receivers right now in total points in that league because he's returned three for touchdowns and and uh, <laughs> and they're yeah. all, all 12 points. So that's equivalent of... Um, let me think. That's equivalent of 12 pass receiving touchdowns as 36 points because you only get three oh, wow. points for pass receiving touchdowns unless they're over 50 yards. So, yeah, <laughs> I went with so, that. I went uh, with that concept and it seems to be working so far. Yeah, that's that's a risky one, but uh, it, when it pays off, it pays off big. Yeah, yeah. In fact, this past week I was losing to the guy who was 2 and 0 in my division and I was 1 1 and, um, uh, then the Seattle game, Lockett returns the 102 yard kick return, and that was 12 points, and I won by nine. So there you go. <laughs> All right, let's move to the tight ends. Uh, what do you got at tight end so far in, in uh, yeah, waiver so, wire pickups? So my philosophy on tight ends is um, if you're not getting Rob Gronkowski, you're gonna wait and play the matchups. Um, right. I, well, I'm not the kind of guy who would go get Jimmy Graham or Travis Kelsey or Martellus Bennett or any of those guys. Um, so what I'm looking for is touchdowns and matchups. Um, okay. So I've, I've got two this week that are that are um, fit that mold. One is Kobe Fleener um, against Jacksonville. He's 20% owned. Um, their defense is pretty questionable. And I really I'm just when I put Kobe Fleener on there, I'm betting for Andrew Luck to bounce back. I know there's reports that he's been hurt and this week, but um, if he's, if he's not going to be airing it out, he'll be dumping it off to the tight end. So he's right. basically a good shot at a touchdown. 
is is what I'm saying. But the better play I think this week um, is the lesser owned Jared Cook um, versus Arizona. Jared Cook shows flashes here and there. He gets fantasy owners in a tizzy. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago he had uh, two touchdowns in week one. Everybody picked him up in week one and it dropped him by week four. Um, <laughs> but they're taking on Arizona who um, really bad against tight ends. They were bad against tight ends all last year. Um, this year, their their numbers look better, but it's because um, their quality of opponent isn't that great. Um, they had Benjamin Watson week one. They had Martellus Bennett with Jimmy Clausen week two. And they had, um, believe it or not, the highest 49ers tight end last week was Garrett Selleck, who's mostly a blocking back. So their quality <laughs> of tight end hasn't been up up to par, but um, I don't think their defense has gotten that much better at defending tight ends, and that's almost by design. They try to take away your wide receivers and they'll leave. Right. Um, yeah, tight Garrett ends Cook is two for three. Quality. I think he's teams make him Hello, I sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I can't. Uh, you cut out there. I don't know if you have all members. So I'll pretend give a phone. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, you there? Yes, hi. Yes, I'm here. You got you cut out there for a second. Sorry about. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I don't. I didn't even move. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you fine now. Is some sort of I just caught out. Okay. So my yeah. question was where what percent of owners have Charles Clay? Cuz I wouldn't think he'd be a big pickup, but yet he's ninth in total points and he's 3 for 3 in quality games. Is he owned by most leagues? Uh Charles Clay has um he was actually my target in a lot of leagues cuz um I am um, I did bet on Crockett Gilmore. I didn't get him everywhere, but he's up to 63% owned. I think a lot of okay. that is is on the heels of his game last week and I think a lot of that right. is Rob Grant owners um going to pick a one right. week that's true um, play good point yeah um and then what what about jordan reed jordan reed oh if i'm looking he's he's i believe around 70 percent owned he's 87 okay, so now yeah he's got yeah. He's, he's blown up um um once i think once deshaun jackson went down um they started disseminating targets between reed well and and, and also, song. if you watched the, the Thursday night game last week, man, they were freaking Kirk Cousins was thrown to him like it was his mom. I mean, yeah. I was like, holy cow, I'm going out and picking up Jordan Reed in most leagues because I didn't realize he was getting targeted that much. So, Oh, yeah, um, and when he catches it, too, he's a, he's a grown yeah, man. Yeah, he's a beast. He's going yeah, he's a heck of, oh, he's yeah. fourth in total points. He's three for three in quality games. Um, so he's perfect, as is Gronkowski, Kelsey. Jason Witten, who I have on almost every one of my teams. Um, I love him. I pick him every year in a PPR format, and he always he's always very consistent for me. And I got him in the eighth, ninth round in most leagues. Um, mm-hmm. Ebron is probably a little bit of a surprise because he was nothing last year, but he's seven to total points. He's a perfect three for three. And like I said, then Charles Clay as well is a perfect three for three. Greg Olson, of course, made a nice comeback this week to get back into reality. I, I, if I didn't have Witten, I had Olson. And, man, after this first uh, that first week was brutal, I just sat there and um, was just shaking my head going, oh, my gosh, what happened in Carolina? <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Like, 
does he have pictures of like Cam Newton with a sheep or something? I mean, what in the world is going on? <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, but he was back. I mean, he's 33 points this week. He was huge. So uh, good to see him back. Um, but yeah, I, I was just wondering who else was, uh, you know, maybe being picked up out there. Um, what about Gary Barn Barnage, who was the uh, uh, the was actually second in total points this week for Browns fans um, at tight end. Um, where is he still being owned at? He uh, he rocketed up from zero percent owned to five percent owned. <laughs> zero to five. Uh, yeah, he was actually he was actually um, my uh, my one of my. Uh, streamers for last week at tight end because um the uh the oakland defense is built sort of like the cardinals defense where they'll give you the tight end um tight ends right. are crushing crushing the raiders this year um they've, they've given up five touchdowns to tight ends so far this year um between barnage uh crockett gilmore and um Eifert. Tyler Eifert. yeah okay Tyler so Eifert. basically what you're saying as i need to get uh because Oakland's playing Chicago. I need to get Martellus Bennett back in. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if he's a Martellus Bennett was going to be on this list, and then I realized Martellus Bennett's universally owned. Basically, he's one. Yeah, of I was gonna say yeah, that, that one you can't that one you can't pull off. But yeah, but um, maybe Owen Daniels will actually do something in Week Five when they play Oakland because he hasn't done anything. And I really liked him going into this year. I thought Peyton Manny would use him a lot, but he's not getting any targets hardly at all in Denver. That's a surprise to me. Yeah, and Denver had their fits and starts the first few games, uh, getting the power structure between Kubiak and Peyton. What offense are we going to run? It looks like they got that sorted out. They had a better game, so yeah, I think Daniels will get start to work to, start to get worked in more because Peyton Manning's tight end has always been a productive fantasy. Yeah, offense. that's what I thought too, and that's why I kind of liked him heading into the year. I'm like, hey, this guy made Dallas Clark into a superstar. Come on, people. Exactly. I mean. So yeah, I was surprised that uh, that didn't come into play as well. So all right, well as we're heading towards the top of the hour, um, anything else that uh, did you have any other deep sleeper tight ends? I know you were adding some deep guys in. Any other deep guys that you were looking at? Um, any deep guys? Uh, no, not so much for for tight end. Um, I had a couple deep dives the last couple of weeks, but nothing jumped jumped off the page to me um, while I right. was while. I was looking through it um tonight maybe max williams because crockett gilmore's out um but mm, i don't really right. like rookie tight ends that much um i did uh i looked into it i only two rookie tight ends have ever produced a consistent fantasy season and one was right. uh rob gronkowski um right a few years ago and the other um was uh ditka so before there was even <laughs> yeah between those two <laughs> yeah a what do you think about what do you think about Heath Miller tonight playing, you know, with Vic? You know, Vic's going to probably be a little edgy out there in his first start in a while, um, national TV, you know. Um, I, I was thinking that Heath Miller might not be a bad pickup. Now, he's probably owned in a lot of leagues, but you never know. Um, you know, he's not sexy. Usually he, you know, has one or two decent games and people kind of let him slide or put him as a backup. But um, I think he might be a decent start. This week, I mean, I know Brown will get his catches just because, you know, if you're a quarterback and you're not throwing Antonio Brown, you're stupid. But, um, but I got to think that, you know, um, it'll be a lot of Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and then maybe the third option will be um, uh, Heath Miller versus, you know, Marcus Wheaton or whoever's on the other side. 
yeah, he'll he'll definitely be the the third option, and I don't particularly like him too much this week because it's a short week for Vic, who you know he was told he right. was going to be the starter halfway through the game last week, um, and like you said, Brown's going to get his touches, Bell's going to get his touches. I think they're really going to lean on those two, try to make it simple for for Vic. I mean, maybe Heath Miller gets those those hook routes where he's just standing in the middle of the field and in in, if uh, Baltimore is in a zone, um, he'll get a good amount of targets in, in PPR, but I don't know if he's going to get enough to be um, somebody that you're going to want to run out and grab. But if you already have him, he'll, he won't hurt you. I don't think. Right, right, right. Okay. Gotcha. All righty. Well, Hey, thanks again for coming on tonight, Jeff. I, I deeply appreciate it. Um, why don't you tell everybody again uh, where they can find you on Twitter and on Fantasy Sports Warehouse. Uh, tell them what articles you're writing and when to look for them. And uh, then we'll kind of call it a night and get ready for the uh, Thursday night game. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, again, I'm on Twitter. I'm at J-M-K-R-I-S-K-O. Um, first initial, middle initial, last name. Um, I put out two articles a week on Fantasy Sports Warehouse. Um, one hits... Uh, on Friday, and that's the column that we were talking about today. It's the best of the rest is what it's called. And then on Saturday, I do my um, 49ers uh, preview. So you'll you'll see it sort of between the Thursday night game and the Sunday uh, action. I sort of uh, that's where my my wheelhouse is. Fantastic, so, um, and and I think you got some great picks there. So, folks, if you're listening out there, make sure that you uh, bookmark that and uh, keep an eye on that whenever it gets put out because uh, good information there and. Uh, he said, hard to argue with a lot of those picks this week. So um, for those of you who have New England buy issues and or Tennessee buy issues, which I can't imagine is a lot of you, but you never know. Um, but uh, definitely for new, you New England folks, uh, Edelman and uh, Deion Lewis and Brady and Gronkowski, uh, you're going to be looking for some people. And I think Jeff Stuff uh, has some great, great information to help you out. So, Jeff, thanks again for coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on again sometime this season. We'll keep talking waiver wires. All right. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Once again, uh, Jeff Crisco from Fantasy Sports Warehouse helping us out with fantasy uh, football waiver wire pickups um, called the best after the rest or the best of the rest. Um, so for those of you, after you go through waivers, you didn't get the guys you really wanted this past week, and now you're really hurting. Um, Jeff's going to pick out some guys for you that uh, can be a big plus for you. Uh, so, again, thanks to Jeff for uh, being on tonight, uh, being part of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. Uh, once again, my name is Bob Lung. You can follow me at Bob underscore Lung. Uh, you can follow me on Fantasy Sports Warehouse as well, and I'll be getting my uh, week uh, three in review articles up here tonight and tomorrow. Uh, so you should be able to see those so you can uh, see who's the most consistent. Don't forget, you can go to Fantasy Sports Warehouse, and there are two reports there. Uh, the one will show you who are the most consistent players are this year. You can change the scoring method and see which ones uh, work in your league. And so those are there online on Fantasy Sports Warehouse under NFL uh, Consistency Tools. And uh, you can also get my book. If you missed out on getting it for the preseason, you can get it now. It can help you uh, throughout the year uh, with some in good information on matchups each week and such. So once again, thanks to Jeff Crisco for being on from Fantasy Sports Warehouse. 
Uh, everybody have a good night. Getting ready for the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game coming up. Should be interesting. Michael Vick's taking quarterback spot for an injured Ben Roethlisberger. We'll see if fantasy consistency stays with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell with him at quarterback. I don't think there'll be too much of a problem, but we'll see. Baltimore defense hasn't been that strong. So once again, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you again here next Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Good night.